Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Nick Spasic. And I'm Julie Holland. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerd, Cinema Smorgasbord, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks, that is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. You can also support these great sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters. Essex Coffee Roasters offers specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Right now, if you go to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com and use code CINEPUNKS, you get 10% off of your order. Also, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations is the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but also maybe the world. Personable and professional, the only place where you get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them online at xlvacx.com. All right, into the setup. And we don't have a question this week, but we're just going to recap our Halloween hijinks. Hijinks may vary because we are a little old for hijinks. <laughs> Nick, did even... you do anything fun? I did fun things. I did not do anything fun on Halloween. Um, mm-hmm. Last episode, you were recovering from being sick. This episode, I am recovering from being sick. And on Halloween, I got home from work. Um, did some things around the house and then went to bed at 6 p.m. Nice. Um, however, um, we did, uh, I work at a liquor store, uh, as has been mentioned many times. And so, uh, we played Halloween bingo, uh, based on costumes and things like that. Um, awesome. with, uh, with such categories as, aren't you cold? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a I've lot been of fun. that person. It was it was it was an awful lot of fun. Um, uh, my that was sort of the nice part about working at the liquor store and then going out and hanging out with friends after work is I got to see like a ton of really amazing costumes. Um, Wednesday, very popular costume this year. Also, strictly Madonna. Um, I saw like every era of Madonna, including someone dressed full blonde ambition, like wow, cone bustier headset blonde it was amazing um like my absolute favorite costume i saw um although i don't know a favorite but it was the most interesting thing was a young woman dressed as pikachu and a young man dressed as ash from pokemon making out frantically on the dance wow. floor of the replay <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it was hot. just one of the like there were like three of us just sitting there watching it going like i'm very confused by this but it is highly entertaining um but yeah no um yeah watched a a ton of horror movies on on various streaming services uh definitely got into um guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities um and we're still not done with that but man it's 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 been fun i mean like there have definitely been some better episodes than others but uh oh and also watched as per usual halloween because you have to you have to well your mention your mention of madonna blonde ambition era um brings me to my issue with halloween which is so in hocus pocus the mom dresses as blonde ambition madonna for their their town's halloween party 
And why don't our towns have Halloween parties? Like, I'm an adult now that's a little too old to be going to the clubs. Like, Lawrence is a little different because Lawrence has, like, the co- the student segment and kind of the towny segment. And you have your spaces and sometimes they intertwine and everybody seems cool and all ages kind of hang out. In Kansas City, like, casual bars are either, like, divey, working class casual, which is fun. Maybe not for Halloween, though. Or it's like the club. And I'm not really in either boat, especially when it comes to I want to dress up. You want to dress up? Where do you go? I don't know. So what we did is dressed up and went down to the West Bottoms, which is where all of the haunted houses are. And you can't actually dress up to go into the haunted houses, which we weren't going to do anyway. So we just dressed up and wandered around to look at people. And and we were like celebrities because we were the only ones in costume. And everybody wanted pictures with us, which was odd. Even though a lot of people didn't even know, because I was just a clown. My husband was Sam from Trick or Treat. I posted that picture of the costume that I made him. And my friend that was with us was a weeping angel from Doctor Who. And people would be like, can we get a picture? And they'd be like, okay, what are your costumes? Like after the picture, like, well, then why did you want a picture? (laughs) Just people in costumes just mystify you. So we did that on Saturday night. And then Sunday night, we went to see Trick or Treat at Screenland in our costumes. And... Although there weren't a lot of people in costume, it's a movie. There was another Sam, which was fun. (laughs) I saw that uh, picture and I was like, what are the odds? Yeah. I mean, I guess good because as we've discussed, Sam owns the Spirit Halloween store now. So the costumes are out there. I will say ours was homemade. Theirs wasn't. That's fine. Not everybody has the crafty gene. Just that was the difference. That's why one looked more gigantic than the other because... Mine was built upon one of those punching balloons (laughs) that I made for Rob. Okay, so the actual Halloween, we just watched Tales of Halloween and handed out candy. And usually we get like three trick-or-treaters. And we had, I don't know, at least a dozen. So we had an uptick in trick-or-treaters, which was fun. I didn't see them because I wasn't actually feeling well. So I made Rob answer the door. So I forgot, speaking of movies, I forgot to mention uh, that on Sunday... I went uh, and saw the Dawn of the Dead 3D version, um, and I had forgotten exactly how much of that movie consists of people like doing things directly at the screen. Um, Also, it looked amazing. Uh, There was a really good crowd there, um, and and it was like seven o'clock on a Sunday. I was not expecting there to be a whole bunch of people, and like the theater was half full, and it was it was a it was a a really fun thing like i felt like total shit and i was like i don't know if i should go and then i got there and i'm like sitting there with my huge bucket of popcorn and my drink and i was like and it started and i was like oh yeah 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 this is this this is the right choice awesome so yeah i don't know if i'd call any of that hijinks but halloween bingo seems fun i I would like to take in that next year yeah I, i i think we're gonna like this is a, a work tradition and i'm like i feel like i should make these for other people just to like take out with themselves yeah definitely maybe next year we could share that on whatever social media is still standing <laughs> uh if you've got any cool pictures and stuff uh share them with us yeah we want to see your costumes your kids costumes your pets costumes strangers making out on the dance floor in costumes if you're a creep and took a picture of that we want to see it
right, because we didn't end up with a gate section this time, we're jumping into New Nightmares, which is a roundup of trailers new to streaming, coming to theaters soon, and everything else that fits into the news category. So, um, first up, the Beyond the Composer's Cut is currently touring. Um, Grindhouse Releasing is the company that uh, has the rights to the Beyond, and they did a new 4K restoration. But the big deal about it is that it also has a new score by uh, composite, composer Fabio Fritzi. Um, that it's like expanded. It's stuff that he wanted to put in the original score and all of that. He played this version live when he was at Screenland. I was at that back, and it was it was a blast and a half. Um, it's out digitally, and um, Cadaver Records put it out on vinyl. Um, and it's a double LP, and it's amazing. And it is currently uh touring throughout the country playing various uh alamos and things like that through the middle of december so um if you um check grindhouse's um socials and their website you can find dates it's also up at um bloody disgusting yeah it just sounds amazing it's 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 like it takes all of the themes that you really like and expands them and adds in new things and it's it's a real experience and if you get a chance to see this like 4k restoration like it's the best this movie has ever looked and i'm sure a lot of us have seen it in very very terrible yeah. transfers over the years so um it, it's worth it just for that yeah and if you haven't been to one of these live scored movie thing i mean there's a few that tour around if you haven't been to one it's really worth it it's really cool even if you're not a person who immediately notices the score it's still really cool to kind of see it you know, right in front of being performed right in front of you. It's awesome. All right. Next up, I'm sure everyone in the horror space has heard this news by now and everyone wonders what the fuck. Uh, <laughs> the 13th prequel has been ordered by Peacock. It's coming from Brian Fuller and it is going to be called Crystal Lake. Uh, it will be a series rather than a movie and it will, it, I mean, prequel. So what does that mean? We don't know. It's also um, A24, which is a strange marriage, really. <laughs> um, details are slim. There's only speculation. Is it just going to be a bunch of irresponsible counselors making out while children die? That seems dark. I don't know. I don't know. You know, any any speculation from you, Nick? Any idea what you think this will be? I don't know. Like, uh, Brian Fuller's done, like, a lot of interviews and trying to clarify this but there's not a lot he can say which is making it even more mysterious and also mildly frustrating but i mean like given his work on hannibal i think like it's going to be really good also some folks have pointed out the fact that um the issue with it, it with the the Jason Voorhees character, like for those of you who have followed like the legal issues to the point where one of the cast members of one of the Friday the 13th movies ha is a lawyer and has actually explained it all for uh, the, mm -hmm. the guy who played Shelly um, has like explained the whole legal thing in several very, very informative posts. But um, the interesting thing is that a lot of people pointed out the fact that it keeps Jason Voorhees from being because he's owned by one group and like the Crystal Lake thing is owned by another group is that it has to do with film. 
and because this is a streaming series, it may be able to sidestep some things. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. That's I mean, like that's my favorite bit of speculation. Um, but we have no idea. It hasn't even started yet. Um it's gonna be, I'm sure, uh, uh it, we'll find out all kinds of things and you can follow that news here. Yeah, I imagine that we will be talking about this at least once a month until it actually drops. Just feel like that's how the buzz is gonna trickle out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure the casting announcements will be fantastic. Yeah. There's, a, there's a pocketbook or two behind this one. Um so I have unfortunately lost this link. Um so there's uh coming December twelfth from Terror Films is the Christmas tapes, which seems interesting um the they dropped the trailer for this and it is essentially a combination found footage um anthology movie um with christmas horror um in the christmas tapes um rob from robert livings and randy nundall jr um a family a family's movie night on christmas eve is interrupted by a stranger insistent on making the next christmas classic film himself um I don't know. Um, it it's got Greg Sestero in it and Dave Sheridan. It looks, looks kind of cool. It doesn't. A lot of Christmas horror can lean goofy. This doesn't look like it leans goofy, which I think is will be interesting. I will watch it because I have committed myself to seeing a bunch of Christmas horror this year, and we're getting a bunch of it um, as we have <laughs> covered yeah. on past episodes. So. Um, I, I think it'll be a very interesting marathon, <laughs> if nothing yeah. else. Yes, Christmas will be very filled with gifts for the horror fan this year. Speaking of, I don't know if this is Christmassy, but it is coming out December 1st to Netflix. It feels Christmassy a little bit to me, even mm-hmm. though I don't think that it's meant to be per se. This is Troll, not that Troll. This is a Norwegian kaiju movie. Um, when it When an ancient troll is awakened in a Norwegian mountain. A ragtag group of heroes must come together to try and stop it from wreaking deadly havoc. Longer synopsis. Deep inside the mountain of Dovra, something gigantic awakens after being trapped for a thousand years, destroying everything in its path. The creature is fast approaching the capital of Norway. But how do you stop something you thought only existed in Norwegian folklore? This trailer is out there, and it looks pretty fun. It's very action-y, very you know king kong godzilla e but with a troll uh i'm i'm excited to watch it i think it would be a fun double feature with rare exports that was exactly what i was thinking i was just like it's giving me big rare exports vibes and maybe with less naked old men hopefully yeah Um, fingers crossed (laughs) also like um i mean you could also of course pair this with troll hunter um Mm -hmm. which like i mean both of those movies are super fun and offer like a very uh, like a different kind of uh folktale aspect to to like horror um and i think this lends itself well to you know like action horror which is mm-hmm. you know it's it, it's hit and miss sometimes it sometimes it ends up being a little more um action even scary but um some of those underground also- scenes look fun this could also be fun paired with um, Dial Code Santa. Ooh. Just as far as action Christmas type action horror could be maybe a triple feature. 
uh i wonder if uh greg and genius from nightmare junkhead are listening um if you're if you're looking for I bet greg is <laughs> if you're looking for a halloween marathon uh, if you're looking for christmas marathon ideas yeah. feel free to see although i have actually seen rare exports at one of those before so yeah i think they might be how i saw it the first time and they might be how i saw dial code santa claus or i might have just seen that on shutter but i definitely have heard them talk about it Oh, it's so good and so weird. If you haven't checked it's it out, so weird. <laughs> it's on Shutter. Um, Vinegar Syndrome put it out on Blu-ray, which and it's beautiful and weird. And the it is like John Hughes definitely, um, <clears throat> definitely ripped that off. Oh yeah, it is. You know how people always say, "What if Home Alone was a horror movie?" That's out there. It's <laughs> Dial Code Santa Claus, and it's great. Yeah. Ah, uh, so um this is again like sort of horror adjacent but i i think it is applicable um they've been announcing casting for uh the upcoming disney series agatha coven of chaos um based on the witch agatha harkness um the uh breakout star of wandavision um She's getting her own series. It will be coming back. Um, but the the big news is that um, Aubrey Plaza has joined the Disney spinoff along with uh, Joe Locke. And they also, uh, Emma Caulfield Ford is back as Dottie. Um, uh, plot details under wraps, which is unfortunate. But here, here, is, here is my hope. Because of all of the Disney intertwining and making allusions to other marvel properties and how they're all now under one roof is my hope is that aubrey plaza plays uh lenny busker from <laughs> that's that's my hope um uh, i don't know if it'll happen but if we're dealing with like weird characters and you know parts of reality that may or not may or may not be real that is a character that would fit uh in legion would I would like that to become um, canon, please. Speak it into existence. All right. This is not a video game, but it is still going to be me talking about something that I don't know anything about because <laughs> I have never watched a second of The Walking Dead and I have no reason for that. I just haven't. But there's going to be three new spinoffs and we got posters for them. And the posters are pretty underwhelming. But if you are a Walking Dead fan, it might be exciting that these things are happening. So first, first poster is for... The Walking Dead Dead City, which will feature frenemies Maggie and Negan, played by Lauren Cohan and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And it will be in Manhattan, it looks like. And then we also will have a Daryl Dixon spinoff. I think that probably makes sense to everyone. And also a Rick and Michonne spinoff. I hope I'm saying that name right. Like I said, I haven't seen him. So, um... If you're into The Walking Dead, there's going to be a lot of content. I think the reason I've never watched Walking Dead is because by the time I thought about watching it, there was already so much. It felt overwhelming. And now it's like it would take me a year at least of not watching anything else to get caught up on the universe. There's so much out there. Are are you a Walking Dead fan? I have. Uh, I watched like a little bit at the beginning and I was just underwhelmed um, compared to the comics. Um, mm -hmm. Just for me, one of those things that uh, the pacing worked a lot better as a comic book than as a TV show. Um, although, interestingly enough, 
this is kind of what I wish more shows would do. Like if you're going to like do a spinoff, if you're going to do something like that, like go crazy, like give us something like outside the norm, give us something, you know, different, like don't like, I mean, yeah, go to Paris, go to Manhattan, like, you Mm -hmm. know, do something like, like, I think that'll be a lot of fun. I think anybody who has seen uh, escape from New York knows how interesting a, post-apocalyptic new york can be um yeah or any of the myriad italian knockoffs as well uh <laughs> i don't know like i mean these seem interesting and um but i don't have showtime so mm. i'm sorry amc um right. yeah i don't have amc so i will probably not be seeing these but um i appreciate watching uh whatever social media exists to see uh what sort of interesting reactions people have yeah for sure yeah, I'm not I'm just not a huge zombie enthusiast, but I don't know, maybe I'll just pick one and just jump in like I've always been there <laughs> and just see if I like it. You never know. I don't know. Paris seems cool. Maybe I'll go with that one. Who knows? It just seems like it could be super fun. Yeah. Oh, so I am so excited about this. Um there's a Kickstarter campaign uh currently going. Uh, it was just announced this week for Velocipaster 2. Um, it will take place in Milan. Um, it is definitely a Giallo inspired <laughs> take on it. Um, if you haven't seen Velocipaster, um, uh, do go see it right now. Um, it is a movie that should not be good by all rights. It should be terrible. It is fantastically fun. Um, you can see it on like a bunch of stuff. Like it's on Vudu, it's on Tubi, it's on Crackle. Like um, you can, uh, I think it's on Prime as well, and you watch it for free. Um, it is about a pastor who gets uh cut by a mystic artifact and gets turned in like whenever he like he just occasionally turns into a velociraptor. A um, classic tale. But he is still a pastor, and he can do like kung fu fighting. Um, yeah, the original like involves drug dealing ninjas um it's man it is it is a a drug addled fever dream that i rank up there with um carousel as being like movies that i went into with very low expectations and now when people are like i want to watch something weird i was like oh i have something <laughs> for you and um yeah it the the teaser looks really interesting um i believe they have said that like once they hit like a certain crowdfunding level um or followers on social media they'll drop an actual trailer but the teaser um is just like a bunch of miniatures and some voiceovers and it looks like it's gonna be weird somehow i knew you'd be a velocipastor person I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things. I know Patrick from Modern Horrors likes it a lot, and I need to, I need to put it on the list of stuff to watch. It can't be any worse than Lamageddon, and I watched that. <laughs> all right, all right. Finally, um, we got a first look at a new Hulu series called Darby and the Dead. This is kind of a teen horror situation. Um, here is the synopsis: After suffering a near-death experience as a child. Darby Harper is granted the ability to see ghosts. To combat the existential boredom of high school, she runs a side business counseling local spirits in her spare time. When an unexpected occurrence happens between Darby and Capri, the most popular girl at school, Darby eventually, oh, Darby reluctantly agrees to help her and in the process learns how to fit in with the living world again. 
the first look is honestly just like the font, like the title credits. And it a looks picture. cool. Yeah, and a picture. It's it's not a lot of information other than that. It stars a lot of young stars who mostly I haven't heard of. It does have Chosen Jacobs from It Chapter Two. Um, it, I don't know. It looks fun though. If you have it's got Tony Danza and Wayne Knight. Oh shit! I forgot about that. I forgot. About <laughs> Wayne. I definitely saw Wayne Knight. I did not pick out the Tony Danza out of there. Um, let me see if I overlooked a date december 2nd so right around the corner you'll be able to share this with the family for christmas (laughs) yeah uh, i appreciate the fact that wayne knight will play a character named mel quote a cheerful dead guy who plays poker in the bleachers and has the ultimate goal to get through the pearly white gates yeah it it sounds like maybe it's uplifting Yeah, I don't know. It seems like it could be fun. It's like, um, you know, Sixth Sense, but if it were, you know, yeah, not not... uncomfortably terrifying. The premise actually sounds really similar to this not great self-published book series that I read from like Kindle, which is called 44. I mean, there's like 13 of them. If you like just a fast read by someone who's just self-publishing these stories, it starts the same where someone has a near-death experience and can see spirits and helps them she's not in high school she's like out of college and living in bend oregon so you know that kind of vibe but it's a very similar premise i'll probably check it out i mean it's on hulu yeah if you already have hulu why not and that's all the news It's time for our feature presentation this week. This episode, we are talking Wendell and Wild, the Netflix movie directed by Henry Selleck. This movie is 
where two scheming demons strike a deal with a punk rock loving teen so they can leave the underworld and live out their dreams in the land of the living. This it's really cute. It really is. It it is very charming. Um, I mean, obviously, like Henry Selleck is the director behind The Nightmare Before Christmas, James and the mm-hmm. Giant Peach, Coraline, Monkey Bone, which I had totally forgotten about. Yeah, same. Um, but he's also been an animator on a bunch of stuff. Um, it comes from a i love like I, we, we talked about this when we we first heard about it but i just love the fact that like the screenplay is written by selick and jordan peele mm-hmm. and, but it's based off a book that selick co-wrote with clay mcleod chapman um the who um has done books like the ghost eaters and whisper down the lane and all of that and now i re- like after seeing this i really want to read that book yeah yeah the story is really sweet um you know there's some there's some all-star voices, Key and Peel, they're Wendell and Wild. So already you know that's gonna be fun. Um it's very this is very, very family friendly, but also very entry level horror because it is spooky. It does have, you know, spooky elements. People are coming back from the dead, demons are coming out. There it's also it's got it's got gross out factor that kids like. There's lots of boogers and snot <laughs> and goo and stuff like that. I think kids like that. I like that. Yeah, I think I mean I was super excited like when I heard about this, like because like when you know Key and Peel are gonna play Wendell and Wild, uh, like I immediately like thought back to Toy Story Four and them as Ducky and Bunny, um, and that's the like very much the vibe that's going on here, you know, where you have Keegan Michael Key is sort of like the the high strung one, and Jordan Peel is like the the laid back chill one, um. This is a movie that has, uh, I think it jumps into everything really fast. Like, yeah, like you, you have like, you know, parents die and then all of a sudden, like we're in the middle and we are meeting a lot of characters very, very fast. But I feel that's sort of like a Henry Selleck thing. Mm-hmm. As I was kind of looking for more information, I found a lot of reviews, many of them saying that this movie was, quote, overstuffed. Like, too many characters, too many ideas. I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel overwhelmed by the characters. I didn't feel like there were too many, like, I needed more information on anyone. I didn't really, you know, I think I got enough information on all the characters. I understood all the relationships. What I really liked was just how casually inclusive it was. Very much so. Just no, you know, people of different color, different races, different backgrounds, um, a trans student. Just and and not really mentioned. Just like yeah, it's like life. You're surrounded by different people, and you're not like oh my gosh, there's a black person. Oh my gosh, there's a Native American. Like you don't have to call it out. It's it's just life. And a lot of times in movies, I feel like they have to be like, look at us, including everyone, <laughs> making a deal out of it. And they, this movie, they were just like, no, yeah, this is just how things are. I no, I I love sort of like the the various levels of representation the like however you like in terms of cultures and people like raul's art is obviously like of a very specific um uh culture um and then you have like um ms hunter the the woman who who drives um uh 
mm-hmm. drives cat up at the beginning like i was like is she supposed to be native and then it's like you see her earrings and then you see like she's wearing a link ray t-shirt and you're like oh and then yeah. uh, well obviously she's you know she talks about you know i bet my mother's fry bread recipe on this mm-hmm. and, and she's got like, the chin tattoos and wearing a link ray t-shirt yeah can we talk about the music in this movie? Yes, let's talk about the music in this movie. I I think that the the dad who passed away was actually buried in a fishbone t-shirt. Yep. <laughs> they started off with Fishbone's Ma and Pa, then there's Germ-Free Adolescence by the X-ray Specs and then um Ghost Town by the Specials and that's all in the first 5 minutes of the movie and those are three of my favorite songs. And I was just like, I don't care where we go from here. I'm I'm fairly well sold. Yeah, they had your number right off the bat. They really did. Uh, they you uh, maybe one of the best uses of um, Wolf Like Me um, by TV on the radio. Um, it was it was so awesome. Yeah, if if they put this soundtrack out, and I imagine at some point they will, if they haven't already. It's going to be a great record to just put on to have a good time. My favorite song by Death, where, where like the, the someone is introducing Raul to like a bunch of records and Raul is just like has headphones on, is just like jumping around listening yeah. to that song. And I was like, yeah, that's what it makes me do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, You may or may not appreciate this. Um, So uh, there there is a point where a character is. um breaking out from the underworld and they intro it with like with cult of personality by living color <laughs> and like Wendell or wild is just like oh no he's coming and i'm just like cm punk <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what rob and i did we're like <laughs> by god that's cm punk's music <laughs> um that is like yeah it's one of those like when you see it, you'll get it. It's really funny. But um, yeah, no, uh, like th- I because of the design of this movie, it is very, as you mentioned, like it has a lot of snot and pus and just yeah. like sticky things. And it's very gross, which is very appropriate for like like the 10 to 13 year old set this movie is aimed at. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of cute. Oh, yeah. Uh, baby goat. Oh, I- adorable the minute that baby i was like they have baby goats at this school <laughs> oh my god so excited baby goat <laughs> yeah adorable and um, and bears above yes it's a sentient slightly demonic teddy bear speaks in the voice of a small child adorable <laughs> it's it's adorable but also terrifying yes <laughs> um yeah no like this movie looks like every like I mean, like, there are all the details, like, be it, you know, Link Ray shirts or um, Fishbone or whatever. But, like, it is a movie that I like how, like, you can tell it's a Henry Selleck movie, but they all of his movies look different. Mm -hmm. And this one looks, I got a very Pablo Picasso vibe, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I could see that. I know I I remarked, everyone's nostrils are in weird places. (laughs) Because at first I was like, do these tweens have pierced noses? No, they just strange nostril placement on the character design. Which it, it's not distracting. It just stuck out to me. Well, like down when when they're in the underworld, Wendell and Wilde's 
faces have like this ve- like very sort of like 2D representation of like a 3D thing. Mm-hmm. Where it seems like they're very flat, but like you can see every angle all at once. Um, it is like it's a movie I I wish I had watched uh, a little bit earlier in the day than I did because I was watching it at like 10 o'clock last night. Mm. And I feel like I I need to go back and rewatch it um, just to sort of get like see everything that's going on. Like because there's so like this movie is um, I'm not going to say overstuffed, but it is definitely visually packed. Yeah, I I mean, this might make me sound really stupid and I feel kind of stupid about it, but I thought that it was an animated movie. And until the end in the credits, I didn't realize that it was puppets. And maybe that's really dumb. I don't know. But I was like, oh, it's puppets. And Rob was like, yeah, it's puppets, obviously. And I was like, well, I didn't realize. I thought it was animated. So I feel like I want to go back now with the puppet lens on to realize like, oh, it's it's not drawn. I don't know why I thought that. I don't know why I didn't pick up on it in the movie. But I was just so enwrapped in the story, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's just... Also, yeah. if you watch all the way through the credits, you do get a little a little surprise. It's again very cute. Mhm. Yep. The like watching it I like the first half like had so much going on that I started to feel kind of overwhelmed by it because mm-hmm. like we keep um meeting characters and like things keep happening and they're like all these like plot points regarding, you know, <laughs> bringing people back from the dead and evil corporations and like these demons that want to start a, a a dream fair. And it, it gets very exhausting, but it seems like like the last like 45 minutes of it, like everything kind of clicked for me. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like I was very, um, all of that, hustle and bustle i guess of the the first hour like paid off in that i was very emotionally invested in how this movie turned yeah. out yeah i also like that like i've noticed this more with the kid kids movies i'm watching today like in the 80s and 90s kids movies were like other kids are the enemy there are bullies they're our age and they're the enemy but like with this movie and with other movies i've noticed lately that they're they're just not bullying depicted among the kids as much and in this one, no bullying among the kids. They all the kids immediately were like, "We like each other, probably, or we will." Mm-hmm. And the bullies are the corporations, are the bad guys. And it's like they're giving a story. They're they're not thinking kids can't handle this story. This is too much for kids to understand. They're, you know, they're gonna they're giving it to the kids, regardless. You know, like yeah, kids can understand this. They can get this, and if they can't now, they will later. And you know, it's just a lot of confidence in what kids can get. And I like that. It, I think that feels good. I was I felt the same way uh, about that, but also like the idea that like Kat having to deal with this trauma and like mm-hmm. recognize that it's not her fault. And like the the scene where that happens is so well done that it's not it's de- it's not thumping you over the head o- over it like you don't like they don't explain like what's going on you just kind of watch and you understand and you're just like oh like you get yeah. that like little hitch in your heart and you're just like oh, she's growing as a person yeah <laughs> like and this will give her the strength she needs and like goes on to just like you know whips mass 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we get a lot of horror movies that deal with grief, and seeing a horror movie for kids that deals with grief, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. That's what we get as adults in our horror movies. So, and kids need that too, you know, not everybody knows how to deal with it, and maybe this helps a kid understand things, you know? I don't know. Yeah, and it, it's, yeah, like everybody, the different people coming together and um like learning to recognize folks despite like where they are like Wendell and Wild are kind of the villains but they're also kind of not and they kind of exist in like this sort of mm-hmm. space and it's um you know they they're not irredeemable have... right and they also like don't have issues like they also i mean sorry they also have issues with their parent mm-hmm. um and it's um yeah, it is. It is a movie that is um, surprisingly heartwarming, um, mm-hmm. but also like has a distinct message about the evil of corporations, which yeah. I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also um, uh, in in terms of representation, and I feel like this is something that like a lot of animated series and movies have really been trying very hard to do. It's like if somebody on screen is uh, like the character they are voicing is of um like a certain uh cultural background or um so on and so forth like they the 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 voice actors are of you know like that cultural background like mm-hmm. the uh fozzy the the guy who owns the falafel stand is portrayed by a a, a lebanese born actor um miss hunter is voiced by tantu cardinal um who yeah uh, who is a korean matisse um like i just i i really love it um and i think it means like folks bring more like i mean i don't want to say authenticity but i mean it's like lived experience counts for something Mm mm-hmm well, and it's really clear that the character design was based on the people who would be voicing them because like the uh the priest, father father level bests, um, <laughs> immediately you were like, That's James Hong. Like, even if you can't name the actor, like Rob was like, That's the dad from Wayne's World Two. That's Tia Carrere's dad in Wayne's World Two. And I was like, Yeah. It Weird is Paul. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we watched Wayne's World a lot. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, yeah, uh, Angela Bassett, um, Ving mm-hmm. Rames, although there is a point, like, Ving Rames seems to, like, lean really, um, hard into the voice, like, his acting voice versus his voiceover delivery are slightly different, and I feel like a lot of his voiceover work comes dangerously close to just sounding like everything is an Arby's ad. Yeah. Like there is yeah, a there point where I was just like, "That was like, definitely we have the meats delivery." Could, could go for some roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> like ooh, curly fries. Um, but yeah. I mean, like he, like he, he also has like a, a lot of again nuance in his delivery, especially towards the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it was a movie I expected to enjoy, obviously, but I wasn't um, uh, expecting to enjoy as much as I did, especially like that the the various like flashbacks that are all done in silhouette. Yeah. Oh, 
like that um that's kind of similar to what they did in Nia DaCosta's um Nia Costa's um uh, Candyman mm-hmm. but yeah. like in like it's it's got more depth to it yeah I like that kind of shadow puppet kind of animation style or whatever it is I don't know those aren't these are non-scientific non-artistic <laughs> terms but you know what I'm saying I think mm, absolutely yeah so I think we both liked it a lot <clears throat> Yeah, for sure. I highly recommend if you have kids, if you don't have kids. I mean, I enjoyed it as a grown up. Obviously, the soundtrack is for grown ups who remember and recognize this music and want to share with their kids. And then, you know, just like everything else, there's jokes in there for for us adults as well, just <laughs> to keep us interested. It, it doesn't like I didn't watch it and be like, that's great. That's for kids. Like, I'd watch it again. I'd put it on my rotation for Halloween stuff or just spooky movie stuff. And it does take place kind of in the winter, so like it like very slushy, um, mm-hmm. which I think is a, a like makes it um a very good sort of cold weather watch. Yeah, yeah, and it, that's on Netflix. You can watch it now. I I think it will live there forever. Probably. Yeah. Oh, uh, we we reached out on uh, the <laughs> socials to see what folks liked, and oh, yeah. um, James Hickson, um, aka co-host of Tomb of Ideas, uh, reached out and said that he liked it a lot more than his wife did, uh, who uh, thought Monkey Bone was better, but his kids also seemed to like it. And uh, I think that's an important thing to actually hear from people yeah. who have children. <laughs> Do kids like it? <laughs> yeah, I think I feel like it's a it's a very it it is a little long for for a kid's movie um that's about an hour and 45 minutes long um i feel like it's it's pushing i think the limits of like what most kids would probably sit through but um mm-hmm. it might like, be again, for a little bit older kids mm-hmm. yeah i have a feeling that if you're trying to get your like six or seven year old to watch it they might get a little antsy pantsy um but mm-hmm. it, it definitely uh jumps up and uh like the the ending has a lot going on so yeah for sure do you have any other movies that you feel are similar to recommend to watch? You know, I was trying to think of like, what are some really good, just like kid animated movies that, that like hit this same vein and nothing really came to mind. Um, Although like, like, punk rock horror i think if your kids like this as they get older like return of the living dead is definitely um something that it, like it takes that spirit of mm-hmm. just like this is it's it's living dead uh and it's messy and it's got a punk rock soundtrack and i and it's I, also like, surprisingly emotional in parts exactly so yeah. That's 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 my only recommendation for for this week. Uh, I I see what you have, and I I have to agree with both of them. Yeah, uh, my first thought was Attack of the Demons, which is not for kids. I I mean, maybe a mature kid. Um, just because it is animated, and it's animated sort of in the style that like South Park is in that kind of paper cut animation. Again, I'm not an artist. I don't know if these are the right terms, but it kind of <laughs> looks like it's just animated with cut paper kind of thing and it you know it and i believe it's even said in colorado it that yep. uh it adds to that south park feel yeah so the synopsis of this one if you haven't seen it because it, it is actually really good uh the year is 1994 for centuries a demonic cult has been plotting the destruction of mankind when a small colorado town is overrun by a legion of mutating demons 
three non-demon hunter friends must use every skill their minds can fathom to stave off the demon apocalypse. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember really liking it and thinking like, how can this animation style end up so gory? And it Mm -hmm. does, which is really cool. You could probably even show it to like a non-horror friend, maybe a horror friend who likes scary things, but doesn't love gore because it's not the blood's not wet, like nothing in it's wet. It's all very dry. It's paper, you know, so (laughs) maybe that helps. I don't know. And then my other suggestion, and I think I've mentioned this one. I know we've talked about it on the podcast before, for sure, but The Curse of Bridge Hollow, which is a new Halloween, you know, family movie this year um, that has, um, which way ends? Damon? No. Michael? Wait, what am I saying? Help me, Nick. Marlon. Marlon. God, Michael. What am I? It's, we're <laughs> recording in the morning. Um. Anyway, it it's not animated. It's live action. But it's got that same like movie. Like I was saying, like movies from today that just they're kids movies, but they don't have that bully aspect. And they have this teamwork aspect and we're all fighting a bigger thing. And I I thought it was really fun. Um, You know, if you have kids, I don't I don't know that it's one I'll watch every year, but I thought it was fun and i think people who like wendell and wild would probably like to give it a watch i think it's yeah they're just they're they're i i I am enjoying like movies for kids a lot more than i really expected to (laughs) yeah they're different they were bad for a while yeah like they're not pandering a lot of these movies aren't pandering to the kids they're like respecting that kids aren't idiots and respecting that kids have bigger problems and that maybe kids don't want to hear about bullies all the time because they're probably dealing with that anyway so let's not think about bullies for an hour very much so agreed and it's also another one that's kind of casually inclusive you know it's Okay, it is now time for I'll be right back. Um, what sort of stuff you got coming up? I don't know if I have anything specific. I um, I need to start Cabinet of Curiosities. You do. I'm still getting through the Midnight Club. Same. And um, watching Dragula Titans as those drop weekly. I'm a big Dragula fan. Um, so that's really it horror related i don't think i have i'm excited for the menu to come out in a couple of weeks i was gonna try to get to something (laughs) in the dirt in theaters this weekend but i don't know that that's gonna happen because this weekend has already gotten booked up so yeah that's it what about you um again yeah we're trying to finish up cabinet of curiosities and the midnight club um I am in the middle of reading a book called Nightmare Fuel by uh, Nina Nesseth, wow. and it is subtitled The Science of Horror Films. Oh, cool. Um, and it's really great. Uh, it was very funny. I had gotten it from the library, and I was driving home from work. No, I was driving home from the movies on, on Sunday, and somebody was talking about, like, 
horror movies and like everything and how it makes you feel and like what it does to your body while I was listening to on the media on NPR. And it turns out it was, it was Nina Nesseth. Um, nice. So it, they, they did a whole um, episode on sort of like horror coverage um, on, on the media. It's called fear itself and you can find it um, at on the They also talk with Tanner Reeve do uh, and Rusty Cundiff um, nice. about uh, black horror. Um, and I haven't had a chance to listen to that part yet, but um, yeah, so that it's pretty much that. And also today, uh, I believe uh, I am getting a Blu-ray that I've been waiting three months for uh, that is called Thrilling Bloody Sword, which is like Ooh. horror fantasy kung fu movie. Yeah, I missed watching that at Chattanooga Film Fest because I had to prioritize and that one didn't make the cut, but I kind of regret it. Well, yeah, that's what I've got coming up and then just... um very very excited to just we're getting into christmas time yep yep getting ready to watch a lot of santa horror <laughs> and some thanksgiving horror let's not have thanksgiving erasure we they there's a there's a few thanksgiving horrors out there my wife is like blood rage i've seen that right like every year like <laughs> she's like oh mm-hmm yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tradition. Yeah, you have to. It is the quintessential Thanksgiving horror, I think. There was a new one, I think it was last year, um, Black Friday. A lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was fun. It takes place in a toy store toy store mayhem, you know. It was fun. All right. Well, thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage. And we can be reached via email at carnagereportpod at gmail. If you'd like to make any suggestions or share your thoughts, we'd love to hear them. All the music featured in this episode is by Steve Spacek, who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at nodder.bandcamp.com. Julie, where can they find you on socials? I am Dark Humor Girl everywhere you can find me twitter and instagram for now as we'll see if this, we'll see if those yeah. twitter survives i don't know um and i contribute at modernhorrors.com and downrightcreepy.com nick where are you online i am on the twitter at nuthouse punks i'm on instagram at nick klaus mouse um you can find my writing at starburst magazine and the pitch where i'm the music editor and occasionally do things like use that power to interview uh justin benson and aaron moorhead about something in the dirt which will be coming to the pitch next week and should have been up yesterday but again i was sick so (laughs) and it's streaming so you can watch it whenever oh cool yeah oh i also i skipped over our stickers we have stickers email us if you want one and we will get you one and also um cinepunks has a discord server now and so if you want to interact with us and everyone on the cinepunks network hit us up and we will send you a link to that. It's super fun. I thought I was going to be inundated and it is exactly the right amount of things that you can kind of jump in and out of conversations and everybody shares Mm -hmm. amazing links. And there's always like, if you're looking for something to watch or something to listen to or some, or something to read, it is just like, I am having an absolute blast with it. And I don't want to take away anybody's punk rock credit, but they're all so nice. Everyone is super <laughs> nice and welcoming. So you can jump in and introduce yourself and they will welcome you with open arms and tell you what to listen to, watch, do. Yeah, 
Well, anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back next episode with another roundup of the latest in horror when we talk slashback. Nyla, Inuxuck's directorial debut. Uh, You want to let folks know what they're in for? Yes. Uh, In this movie, Micah and her ragtag group of friends discover an alien alien invasion in their tiny Arctic hamlet. It's up to them to fight back using makeshift weapons and horror movie knowledge. I believe our next episode will drop on Turkey Day. Yeah, whatever we're calling it this year. So (laughs) we chose an indigenous horror to, I don't know, try to give back in whatever way we can to the people whose land we sit on. I think this is going to be a fun one. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. Um, We've been so excited about this one, regardless of when we watch it. We've been really excited. Very much so. So, um, And the nice part is it comes out on shutter on the 13th of november so you can watch it before you listen um and share yes. your opinions with us beforehand yes absolutely we love hearing what you say absolutely again thank you all so much for listening i hope you uh have good times and we'll talk to you again on thanksgiving thank you everyone thanks so much Bye bye <laughs>